All right. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode here on the Lure Lab, a part of the Serious Angler Network. And I'm your host, Andrew Full. We hope you enjoyed the last episode where we chatted about the gambler ace in winter fishing down in Florida with Mikey Balls. It was a really cool episode. He gave away a ton of juice. So if you missed it, backpedal a little bit. Hit the episode before this one and find all about fishing a stick worm, stick bait down in Florida. But with that being said, we have another special guest today coming on. It is my good friend, Destin Demarion. And we're going to be talking about one of our favorite techniques. And I feel like we chat about this quite a bit for late winter fishing. Well, all the times of year. And that is a bladed jig. But before we get to that, I have to let you know, this is the last few days for the Daiwa giveaway on Omnia. The description and link is going to be down below in the comment section and in the description. So please click on that link, get signed up, and you can win some Daiwa reels. It's a really awesome giveaway. But before Destin has to sit down the queue for five more minutes, let's get him on here. What's up, dude? How's it going? Hey, what's up, Captain? Oh, dude, every time I see you in the new house, well, not so new anymore, it seems like you make more and more progress on it. Fishing room is looking good. Yeah, thanks. I just did some rearranging while uh, there's no chaos with my daughter coming coming in and out. Yeah, <laughs> As you can see fantastic. with the purple walls, this is also yeah. her playroom. Oh, that's dangerous with all the treble hooks around. Yeah, that's that, that's what that little fence back there is for, but she's a good <laughs> listener. If I'm that's like, don't, don't touch any of daddy's fishing stuff, don't touch the rods, and we put the fence there, and she never messes with anything. It sounds like you need to add another room on to have a nice office space. Well, that's I'm finishing the attic hopefully this winter, so that was my, my winter goal. Fingers crossed that you're able to get that down to save yeah. the fingers from some treble hooks. Emmy is obsessed with like all the little swim baits that I have around the house. So she's oh, like, really? Dad, Dada, can I get some fishies? So I hand her like a swim bait from a package and she like runs around. <laughs> Dada gave me a fishy. It's hilarious. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Eva's like that too. If I have uh, like soft plaques, can I play with those? But yes, you can play with these ones. Don't touch these ones. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, little kids in their minds are fantastic. But before we lose track of our viewers here, let's dive right into it, right? Like we're talking bladed jigs, specifically, like right now it's late winter down in the south, right? They're getting into winter, late winter patterns. Some of the fish are going to be spawning soon, depending on where you are in the country. So what is your favorite bladed jig to use? Well, I don't think it'll come as much of a surprise to anyone. <laughs> I would say it's pretty much the same as almost everyone out there, the, the jackhammer. And I have okay. my nice Bass Mafia box full of my bladed. I use my blade coffin for all my shatter baits. But... Whew. Yeah, that's quite the assortment. Nice, uh, that's that might have been the one I caught him at Santee with. I wore all the paint off the blade. Nice. You should have put that in a wall, like in a wall hanger. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. Never thought about that. But that's so, one of my favorite colors, that beehive delight, especially when you're you know trying to mimic a bluegill. Yeah. That's one of the better colors for, for that. But I am definitely a fan of the jackhammer. Uh, I used to really like that. I don't know if you've used it, but it was the Chatterbait Customs, I believe it was. Mm -hmm. The one yeah. that had that little uh, straight wire off of it with the with the um, the ring on it. Yeah, yeah, that, was that one, one was too. pretty dirty too because it had a really yeah. stout hook in it. Mm -hmm. That was pretty pretty sweet. Those are my two favorite that I I use on a regular basis. But 
I mean, there is a few others that I own, but those are the primary ones. So what is like the primary ounce, like weight size that you'll throw? Is it like three eighths? Is it half, three quarters? Are you a guy that dabbles with like the one ounce, the one and a half ounce ones at all? I have a few of those. Um, There's only like about one situation, maybe two. The most likely situation I'd use that really heavy one is like – when I made the elites the first year, the first term was Harris chain. We were catching them in deep hydrilla and to keep it down there in that 10 foot zone, like you had to have a really heavy one. Mm-hmm. So like an ounce, ounce and a quarter. Um, but primarily I'm a, I'm a half ounce guy. I mean, right. Meet it right in the middle. A uh, half ounce will do about anything you needed to do. I mean, I have caught them offshore in like 10 foot of water with a half ounce, letting it get down and just kind of slow roll it. But, um, shallow deep in between that's your best all around three ace i'd say like 80 percent half 20 percent three ace very infrequently i'll use anything else yeah i've actually found myself enjoying the three quarter ounce even more like really i used to throw three eights almost exclusively now i'm like a pure half and three quarter ounce guy with the jackhammer like if i slide out over eight foot three quarter ounce if i'm under eight foot i'll use a half and depending yeah, on how I that, want it to be in the water, it would be better for that eight eight foot, you know, eight yeah. foot or a little bit deeper. A half, I, I catch them in, you know, eight to 10, 12 with a half, but it just takes longer to fish it. Yeah. You got to really slow down. You might want to go to like a six, three, and one reel. So while we're on this topic of slowing down to get it down, let's dive right into your setup. Like, what is your bladed jig setup for the jackhammer? Rod reel, line, gear ratio reel, etc. Yeah, so when I first started really dabbling with the chatterbait, um, did a lot of research. I mean, obviously, one of the best guys to look at for that was Brett Height, and um, he always was an advocate of the composite. So mm-hmm. I started with composite, a couple different ones. Uh, I think I was using Pal at that time, and they had a really nice composite rod that I used. Uh, great for Chatterbay, had the perfect amount of like load for casting and the delay, enough delay, but good backbone in it, you know, with that feel too, with the graphite. So it was composite is my preferred for Chatterbay, I would say, but there are situations when I would prefer a graphite and that would primarily be if it's thick, like thicker cover. Uh, me and my buddy were just talking about Eric. Um, he's a guy down at Toho. And uh, he was talking about that too. Like I want something not as wimpy when I'm trying to rip it out of thicker grass. I want something that can, you know, be able to rip it out easier, which is what the graphite is able to do that more than that glass. You don't have much feel um, for the grass as much. Like um, when you do have that glass composite a little bit better, but some people like glass. I'm more of a composite or a graphite guy. Yeah, I feel like on that composite glass side of things, when they eat it, it's almost like a delayed reaction for the, us, the anglers, when they eat it because they get it way before we ever know it. But I, oh, yeah. I truly believe like that glass graphite, that glass composite rod, you land way more fish with it because with the graphite, they smack it like you rip it out of that grass and they smack it. Our first instinct is to rip. And I feel like it pulls the chatterbait out of their face. And I had this conversation with Bailey a lot. I'm like, 
when you catch them with that graphite rod, pay attention to how they're hooked. They're always hooked like in the front on the lips. And with that composite glass rod, I feel like it's always further down in the gullet. Like they get it yeah. so much better and you lose way less fish. That's a good point. Um, when I did start throwing a chatterbait with that composite, uh, I was fishing with a guy at the Potomac once and he kept getting short strikes. I'm pretty sure he was using a graphite rod and I caught 30 behind <laughs> all of them. Barely, because they were short striking his, but they delayed enough where it just just got the little bit of yeah. the cheek, you know, with, with that composite with that delay. Yeah, and was able to boat them. Um, so it definitely makes a difference. Uh, I like like a seven three to seven five, um, like a medium heavy usually, medium yeah. heavy to a heavy, with a little bit of like a obviously if it's a composite, I want like a moderate fast, um, or just a fast. I don't want it to be too fast of a re, you know recoil. I yeah. want that delay like you were talking about. Yeah, and then uh, real like gear ratio of your reel. Are you a six three to one, a seven two? Are you an yeah. eight to one? Because everybody mostly in a seven, you know, a seven Perfect. to one. Yep. Uh, it's it's mostly like a, I feel like it's a reaction bite. So, I mean, I can slow it down enough with a seven if I have to really fish it slow. Yeah. Uh, oftentimes, I can't catch up with a fish, and I found this out uh, at Santee. I had one on a six, six to one, and one on a seven, three to one, and I couldn't catch up with the fish with a six, six to one. Hmm. Like, if they bit, because a lot of times they bite and keep coming at you. Yeah. You couldn't fig- physically pick up the line quick enough to set the hook Jeez. and get a hook in them. So, that seven, you know, seven plus – you know, seven, seven and a half to one is, is to me, that's the best um, for picking up that slack. Like you were saying, a lot of times you don't even know the fish bit until yeah. it's well after, you know, well enough after mm-hmm. the fact. And uh, especially with a glass rod, like you don't, you hardly know <laughs> until yeah. the rod just loads up. You're like, what? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like I've caught a few fish on like a pure glass chatterbait rod. Like Daiwa makes a few. And I'm yeah. reeling, I'm reeling. I'm like, oh, I lost like feeling of my chatterbait. So you check it. You're just like, oh gosh, there's one there. And they'll be like down their throat. But you're like, they're never coming off ever. Oh, no. And you can hit them that's as hard a, yeah, as you that's want. Yeah, a good thing. Like, yeah. If, you, you if can, they eat it, they eat it. It's gone. You can <laughs> jam those fish and you have no worries about like breaking your line. So nope. now we're talking line. What pound fluorocarbon or are you a braid guy for your chatterbait? Yeah, so people do mostly both. not a so. braid, but if you were fishing, <laughs> Florida is like a whole other animal. Um, there's such thick grass and you sometimes you do need braid. You need to throw a straight braid, like in some really thick Kissimmee grass, um, you know, that kind of really difficult to to get through cover. Uh, braid's going to be your best friend in that sense because you can rip it through there. A lot of times with fluorocarbon, you can't even rip it through that grass. That braid will allow you to, to rip through that Kissimmee grass a little bit better and stuff like that. Um, but most of the time, I mean, 90% of the time, fluorocarbon. And what I pound are you like a 15, there. 17, 20 pound? Yeah, so I use Gamma Edge, uh, very abrasion resistant, uh, a little bit thicker diameter than most, but it is a uh, 16 pound. Oof. So, probably the equivalent of uh, diameter of most, you know, 17. Gotcha. So, yeah, most of the time, 16 or 20, depending on how thick a cover, how big the fish are. Uh, most of the time, 80, 20, I'd say 16 pound. I like it. 
I'm yeah. right there with you. Like that 15 to 17 pound test, 16, 18, sometimes 20, depending on if yeah. I'm fishing real shallow and I need to keep it up. But uh, so let's jump into this, right? Like, what are your favorite trailers to rig on? Are you a craw guy? Are you more of like a Zayco guy? Like a power bait deal? Like there's thousands yeah. of endless trailers that you can add on to. That's probably jig, like right? and a color one of the combo. things I think most people like kind of can get as creative as you want with it. There's yeah. a lot of things that will work and everything's kind of an opinion thing. I mean, there's obviously some some basics as far as like that's that's not a Zayco, but that's the like the Beast Coast. Yeah. It's got the little joints in it, so it's gonna swim. It's gonna be a subtle just kind of tail kick with it. How do you like um, that Beast Coast one? I just got some and they look awesome. Yeah, it's pretty sick. It's nice. They smell. I, I do like it. <laughs> They're stanky. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, it's a nice, <laughs> nice bait though. It rigs really nice and straight. And it's a little bit like the Zaycos, obviously, all the Yamamotos are real uh, soft. Yeah. Um, this one's soft, but like very durable. Like it holds up pretty well. So that's important. Like you get a couple more fish. The Z-Man stuff, that's a lot of people swear by the Z-Man stuff because look, you're going to save yourself a lot of bait yeah. using the Z-Man. They have the Razor Shad, which is similar to the Zayco. And you can use a lot of those other Z-Man trailers, the craws and stuff, and you can get a lot more fish out of them, which is nice. Uh, I don't use a lot of the Z-Man. I probably should just <laughs> save some bait. Yeah. I don't think it really – they're dissecting, you know, the smell and all that when they're eating chatterbait. It's more just like it's coming by, reaction, eat it kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that a Zayco padded, like, paddle tail? This is a Zayco paddle tail, yep. Nice. Okay, but the thing I noticed with this – it keeps it up so high. When you're throwing a pat, any kind of paddle tail on a chatterbait, it doesn't go as deep. It that drag keeps it up higher in the water column. If I want to keep it really high, a lot of times I will use, uh, you know, paddle tail type trailer, just because it's going to keep it up in the water column. Like yeah. one time, St. John's, the first I fished a Corky Bell's Thursday night tournament the first year I was there with my buddy Larry. I caught a couple <laughs> hammers on chatterbait and i was throwing a little swim bait on it because we were fishing really really shallow eelgrass mm-hmm. so i could keep it up there <laughs> rip rip there, there's a big one you know there's yeah. a five pounder boom there's a four pounder and that helped in that situation but if i wanted to get a little bit deeper and that's kind of where the first one that i was talking about this one because it's a straight tail it's not gonna have as much drag it's gonna let you get down a little deeper and it's the weight of the trailer i mean it's gonna affect you know how quickly this falls and, and all that stuff. There's all kinds of stuff, but primarily I'm going to use one of those three type of baits. I'm going to use one of the, Losing like a paddle center. tail yeah. for the most part. One of those like straight tail kind of Zayco or like a fluke. The type fluke trailer. is such a good yeah. bait trailer. And a fluke lets it get down usually even quicker. Was that a clean tackle What's that? Is that a queen tackle switchblade in your life? No, that's a like the custom. Gotcha. Nice. Yeah, I just started messing around with those a little bit. The I even forget what is that one called? The the mini max is it the mini max? Yeah, mini max. Yep. I'm a big fan of the mini max for smallies. They get that thing good when they want it. It's a good profile too. I mean, it's got a little bit smaller blade on it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, perfect for those smallies, like you were saying. But those are the primary. Then once in a while, I will throw like a a craw type trailer on it too. If you had to choose more action, especially in like dirtier water, 
Yeah. Like the swim bait, the craw, really good in dirtier water because it's going to call them in. It's going to give you a little bit more pulse. What craw trailer would you choose for that dirtier water on a chatterbait? Rage. I'm usually like a rage craw guy. I like it. Yeah. Um, a couple that I personally enjoy is like the kamikaze craw. The only issue with big bite baits, the That's issue is because yeah. it has like little holes in the, the tail. It'll yeah. wrap on your hook point sometimes. And then another really good sneaky one is a Venom Dream Craw because it's so oh, yeah. soft and wavy. There's yeah, a really good Chatterbait trailer, in my personal opinion. It's one flip. of the only uses for me with, out of a Dream Craw that are a wobblehead, but we're talking Chatterbaits, and it goes great on a Chatterbait when you need to like just need that secondary action and reeling it real slow. They'll really kick good. Yeah, good and the way that one is, it would probably just more go like this. Whereas yeah. like, like the kamikaze craw is pretty thin, and then like the rage craw, they kind of like go more. Yeah, well, that's why you're getting stuck on that hook too, because it's coming back. That's another reason why I kind of, if I don't have to throw something like that, I don't because I do catch those dang pinchers a lot on the. No, it, it's terrible. It stinks. It it ruins your cast. Yeah, and then once it does it once, it continues to do it. That's why I try not to fish right. the craw. So when you're throwing the bladed jig. What do you look for in composition on a lake to catch bass on the bladed jig? Like you, you're new to a lake, you've never been there. What area do you look to target first when you're throwing a bladed jig to catch the biggest bass you can? Right. So we're talking like that late winter time, correct? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So if I'm at a reservoir, especially in the south, I'm looking for dirty water. I'm looking for shallow, dirty water most of the time. Uh, you know, some wood cover in the, in the water is really a good thing. Obviously, if it's a grass lake, you know, grass is a great thing. Tennessee River bars, you know, river bars with grass, that type of stuff is a great place to find them. Um, backs of creeks, creek channel swings in that late summer or late, late winter time. Uh, docks. Yeah, like docks are a really good one to catch them around docks, bluff walls. Like, there's a lot of places you can catch them on it. Uh, my favorite, yeah, it's probably shallow, dirty water, you know, in those southern reservoirs. Yeah. Uh, up here, when our season kind of starts up, I'm looking for the backs in the natural lake. I'm looking for the backs of like these uh, bays and, and what's warm and quick. So I'm trying to catch them, you know, as the those darker. Uh, bays like those mm -hmm. darker shallow bays are starting to warm any kind of little yeah. grass you can find uh, that's where they're going to be rock and grass absolutely uh, too. love it so if you had to choose three colors we're going to end it on this question here real fast if you had to choose three colors of chatterbait of or the bladed jig what are the three colors you would choose to throw in the late winter and why oh man that's tough <laughs> well Sorry. i mean the the easy one's gonna be like a shad pattern, like something white. Yeah. So hey, there's where you're talking about. There's a three quarter. <laughs> Love it. But, yeah, just like uh, obviously a white one, something I can mimic a shad with. So uh, this one's a three quarter ounce jackhammer, but uh, something shaddy. Um, something to I can mimic a bluegill with, obviously too. Because <laughs> if you're fishing around a lot of shallow grass, a lot of times you're dirt eating bluegill too mm -hmm. you know so you've got uh you got that one as well like be high delight great yeah be high delight green pumpkin but i'll i'll say be high delight is kind of you know 
become my favorite sun like bluegill sunfish okay. imitation overall. It honestly could be a shad too in some situations. It's got a little clear stuff in there, so it could kind of mimic a few different things. Sure. Um, throw a white trailer yeah. on it and it looks like a minnow. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, you can do a lot of things with that color specifically. And you know, it, it'd be a toss-up for the other color between like a black and blue and a like that fire craw. Yeah. I was gonna ask you if you've ever experimented with the fire craw. Yeah, yeah. I've yeah. never done good with it in New York in the early like late winter, early spring. But I know yeah. people who have, but I can't get them to bite it to save my life. Yeah, and it's I not, try. not as much up here. I, they will eat, um, you know, reds and stuff, and you know, those orangey stuff up here. But like, especially down south, I like that. I'm trying to find one. I'm sure I have a couple in here. But yeah, that fire crop really popular for that winter time. Well, there's a black and blue, but yeah, it's like an orange. Firecraw, orange with red, really popular uh, down south, like Gunnersville, those kind of places, obviously. Yeah. But black and blue, I want something for that dirty water. Just going to give it contrast with that black Absolutely. and blue. Yeah, Could mimic a, a brim, too, you know, another brim imitator, but especially good in that dirty, really ultra-dirty water, mm-hmm. as well as the firecraw is going to be, too. Um, but, yeah, like we were talking about that red or orange is really important because a lot of the craws and stuff are – you know, reddish orange at that time of year. Um, a lot of these southern fisheries that, that you're going to fish, and uh, you got to mimic that because that's what a lot of the bass are, are feeding on. You know, at that time of year, and it just if it's dirty water, it shows up really good. You know, it's, oh, for it's sure. a very visible color. I I prefer white like all the time. So me too. That's for probably, whatever reason, white works for me. But I have started. Dabbling, if you can find them in pure black, jackhammers are like the deal. If you can find them, they're hard to come across. And I'm, I think I have one left, but I mean, straight I mean, black jackhammer. If you can get your hands on it, Destin. Well, hey, I mean, you're you're the tying guy. You could just take that skirt off and tie on an all all black skirt right there. Yeah, you can no, make no. any of the ones that are bl- like have a black head, whether it's black and red or whatever. Yeah. Into yeah, I want straight black blade, black head, black skirt, flat all the way. And you can get them if you know where to look from Japan, and they're mm-hmm. really good, like really good with a like, green pumpkin trailer. But good luck. Yeah, them. that's a good point right there. Yeah. Like having that contrast of a green pumpkin trailer yeah. on that black and blue or black yeah. chatterbait. I, it's really good. It just it, it just looks cool in the water having yeah. that green pumpkin, you know, contrasting against that black. Absolutely, I I caught some big ones on it this past spring. That all black one, but there's a couple other little things I would do is like dip the tail in chartreuse or orange, depending on what they were feeding on. So you can right. get a little funky with it. It's uh, oh yeah, it's fun. Yeah, and you, we, you can get creative with it. I mean, oh, no yeah. question. Like that dang. A couple of years ago, when I, I caught him really good at Santee in that elite event, I was throwing uh, the deal, that Berkeley trailer. Yeah. And I, it was the most gaudy, like this with electric shad with a chartreuse, like super chartreuse tail. Like it was very loud. That's what Mark yeah. Zona said. It was a loud bait. Yes. It was very yeah. loud. They were eating it. So why? It yeah. doesn't matter. That's fantastic. Hey, yeah. As long as it catches them, and it did. I, I don't think yeah. anybody's throwing that specific color combination. Highly doubtful. Where there's a lot of people. And 
you're you're being very different. eccentric with that electric combination. Yes, it was very eccentric. <laughs> it was so, it was like the Monopoly guy wearing a monocle. He is in with his top hat. That was my chatterbait. Fantastic. So before I let you run here, Dustin, any other hot tips you got for our viewers here about chatterbait fishing? Yeah, um, really just it catches above average fish. It's something that almost can be fished 365 days a year now. Uh, I prefer it when that water's getting up into the upper 40s, you know, the low 50s. That's when I feel like it starts really taking off. I think the best bite of it as far as, like, numbers, maybe, I mean, size is, is really good once it starts taking off, but numbers really picks up, I feel like, in that mid fifties. Like yeah. that is prime, prime chatterbait time. So, I mean, keep that in mind wherever you're fishing. Uh, it does work very well for small mouse. Uh, the captain there and I were talking about the, that, what was it? The mini, the, the mini, mini max. max. Yeah. They'll yeah. That, that one's thing. great smaller profile for, you know, small mouse spotted bass, eat it too. But I catch a lot of big small mouth on a chatterbait. Yeah. Well, they want it. They will, eat the fire out of it. It yeah. is fun. You don't get many bites with it, but when they want that thing, they will eat it. So, oh, yeah, and, and they're big ones. Usually they're, it's a big, small mouth that'll eat yeah. that chatter big. Oh, it's great. It's such oh, a yes. fun bite. Well, Destin, I want to say thank you for joining us on this episode of the Lure Absolutely. Lab and taking out a little bit of time here. I want to wish you safe travels through the uh, 2023 Bassmaster Elite Qualifiers because that's the new term of them. And we hope that you can get back to the promised land, man. Like, thanks, buddy. I appreciate that, and I'm looking forward to you follow, yeah. man. I think, yeah. uh, I think that little bait's going to be quite a bit of a factor yeah. there too. Well, let's hope it works out and go catch them up. And I'm going to let you run now. So, all right, we'll buddy. soon, buddy. Yeah, you have a have great a night. One. Yeah, you thanks, too. Guys. Of course. All right, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Lure Lab where we discuss bladed jig fishing in the late winter and just general generalities of the bladed jig. It's a fun bait to catch a lot of big bass and numbers depending on the lake and where you're fishing it. So we hope you enjoyed this episode. But as always, if you're watching on YouTube or tuning in on YouTube, please hit the thumbs up, hit the subscribe button, and leave a comment of what your favorite bladed jig and color is and your setup, if you don't mind, down below. If you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. It helps this podcast, Lure Lab, be seen to more bass heads like you and I, and we greatly appreciate it. But until next Saturday, stay tuned for that episode, and we will see you then.